Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, everybody, it's Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. On today's show, we are previewing Thursday night football and the early Sunday games from week eight. We are through seven weeks. Uh, We are about to begin week eight. (sighs) I'll say this. Last week, I was like, hey, man, we're already to week seven. This week, I woke up and I'm like, Oh, we're only to week eight. Man, why, <laughs> why did time stop in the last seven days? I, I don't. It also feels like we're much deeper into the fan. Like people were panicking last week about mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, hey, we're, we've only played half the regular season yeah. fantasy game so far. So yeah, we got we got a lot left. A lot of time left, which means if your team's not doing well, there's still time for you to turn it around. And that's what we're here to help you do. What well, we will go through the entire week eight slate and we will give you our fantasy heroes as well. But first, let's get started with some fantasy headlines and we will start in Cleveland where Jerome Ford is expected to miss one or two weeks with an ankle injury. Uh, Compound that with the fact that uh, Deshaun Watson apparently is going to miss week eight with a shoulder issue that continues to linger. Uh, So the Browns down a couple of pieces on offense, but let's look at the backfield with Jerome Ford gone. Who would you rather have Kareem Hunt or Pierre Strong? Uh, Kareem Hunt pretty easily for me. I I know last week they played about the same amount of snaps. It was 10 carries for Hunt, uh, eight for Pierre Strong. But Kareem Hunt, even when Jerome Ford is there, has been the back that they like to use in the red zone. And to me, that is a huge difference maker. The fact that he's going to be getting touches near the goal line. It could be the one that punches it in to score touchdowns, especially in a week like this one against the Seahawks, who do not allow a lot of yards at all on the ground. You want to play the guy who has a chance of scoring a touchdown, maybe even two. I, I do think it's Kareem Hunt for me, but I, I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people anticipate. One, because that's just how the fantasy season has gone. Like, we're all like, Zach Evans! And then he plays zero snaps. We're like, Amari Di Mercado! And then Keontae Ingram happens. 
Uh, so I think that's sort of in play. But I do think, as you mentioned, both those guys sort of split a lot of the snaps. The advantage for Kareem Hunt is the goal line work. And I think he's going to get a little bit more of the passing game work as well. So I think those are the things that give him an advantage. And that's why he's the guy that I would lean toward. In Chicago, Justin Fields missed week seven. Tyson Bagent was the big story of the week as he helped lead the Bears past the Las Vegas Raiders. Justin Fields looks doubtful for week eight as he continues to rehab that thumb injury. The Bears coming out here to SoFi to take on the Chargers coming up uh, this week on Sunday Night Football. So with Bajent back under center, likely, can we trust DJ Moore against a kind of shaky Charger secondary? I think so. Uh, Bajan got the memo last week, like, hey, just, just throw the ball to number two. And good things are going to happen. And that's what he did. He threw the ball 29 times total last week. Nine of them went to DJ Moore, who caught eight of them for 54 yards. Now, uh, you mentioned the matchup against the Chargers. They are the best possible matchup for opposing wide receivers, uh, in my opinion, this season. So the matchup, the fact that he's going to get the volume, and I think the Bears will be in catch-up mode, which means they could have to throw even more, which could mean more targets than Moore saw last week. Yeah, I, I am still starting him. I would definitely start him because pretty much the whole passing game has funneled through DJ Moore this season. The concern I have is he's going to have to do a lot after the catch to get you some decent fantasy numbers. Last week, Bajan's average depth of target was 2.3 yards. I mean, just dump off after dump off, check down after check down. Look, it worked well against the Raiders defense. Now the Chargers have a full game's worth of tape out on Bajan that they can watch unless they went back digging through some Shepherds college film, which, uh, hey, good on them if they did that. But uh, I think DJ Moore is startable, but understand the ceiling is a lot lower for him this week uh, just because of the quarterback situation for the Bears. We got a full slate of games coming up this week. Uh, no teams on a bye, which, Raj, I mean, really? Why? 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 Makes why perfect we, sense. Why, 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 did we, why do we go six teams one week and no teams? I, I don't understand it. I know this is above my pay grade. I'm just putting in a request. Let's just even it out, please. Uh, but let's get started with Thursday Night Football. It's the Buccaneers in Buffalo taking on the Bills, 815 Eastern. You can see that game on Prime Video. Mike Evans has had another fantastic season. I know you and I were both like, he's not going to get to 1,000 yards. And he's like halfway there <laughs> as we get ready for week eight. So let's say uh, let's set it at 65 yards, more or less than 65 receiving yards for Mike Evans. I'm going to say more, even though I, I was surprised when I went and looked at his game log that he has three games this year under that number. And one game that he went over was at 66. Uh, literally can't get any closer. So I, I was surprised by that. But... Uh, this Bills defense has not been the same since they lost Trey White, Matt Milano, and, and Jones. And then their secondary was already pretty weak behind Trey White. I, I think that the Bills offense is going to put up some points this week. I mean, even on a down week like last week, they scored three touchdowns. So I think that will have the Bucks having to throw the ball. I'm going with more as well. Uh, and I'm li like you. Like I was like trying to figure out what's a good number to set it at. And I'm looking at his, his weekly totals. I was like, oh. He hasn't had like a lot of big yardage games so far this year, but I do think it's more in part because of what you mentioned. I mean, losing that many key pieces on any defense is going to have an impact. Uh, and the Bills have certainly suffered in that respect. So I think I think Mike Evans has a big game. I think Chris Godwin has a nice game as well. Maybe he actually scores his first touchdown this year because uh, he's actually getting a lot of targets, a lot of catches. He just hasn't been Evans in the end zone. Yeah, exactly. It's been the Mike <laughs> Evans show, mostly because, you know, Baker's going to throw those YOLO balls in the direction of Mike Evans, which is a thing that Tom Brady wouldn't do. But Baker, you know, Baker doesn't care. He's going to throw them <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, on the other side, Dalton Kincaid, uh, looks like the tight end of record now, Dawson Knox, is out for an undetermined amount of time after having wrist surgery. I believe uh, Quentin Morris, I think, is also uh, potentially out this week for the Bills. So more or less than four and a half catches for Dalton, T- Dalton Kincaid. More, uh, I think, I keep saying it, I think if any player off the waiver wire becomes a league winner this past week, it's going to be Dalton Kincaid. He draws comparisons to Travis Kelsey a lot. He was a first round pick for a reason. Um, He had eight targets last week, caught all eight of them, and the biggest play of the game for the Bills was a design pass play to Dalton Kincaid on fourth down when they were trailing by a touchdown late in the game. Uh, Now, like you said, no... No Knox, maybe no Morris. I think that he could potentially be the number two target. One thing that a lot of people talk about on this Bills offense is like they miss the safety blanket outside of Stephon Diggs. I think Kincaid can be that guy. And that's kind of what I think a lot of us thought coming into the season. And it hadn't quite happened because he was splitting those opportunities with Knox. Knox is gone. I, I was looking at, you know, a, kind of a trade for trade away sort of thing. And I was like, hey, you should trade for Dalton Kincaid. And I went and looked and like as of Tuesday morning, he was only rostered in like 32 percent of NFL.com leagues. That number has bumped up uh, to nearly 55 percent. because I think people have clued in about the situation. Go get him if he's out go there. Go get him. Go get him if he's out there because he's going to get opportunity. They're also just using him as a big slot receiver, trying to create mismatches there on some of those slot corners. And I think that's going to help him as well. So I think he gets a ton of time. Targets. I think this passing game for the foreseeable future is sort of a Stefan Diggs, Dalton Kincaid one two punch with some Gabe Davis thrown in. Um, Going to be interesting to see how how things shake out and what this means for Kincaid, even if Knox is able to come back later on in the season. That's Thursday Night Football. Let's turn our attention to Sunday. As I mentioned, uh, there are zero teams on a bye this week, so everybody's in play, which means we have a whole slate of games to get to. Texans at the Panthers, a matchup of the number one and two picks in this recent NFL draft. Bryce Young, the number one pick for the Carolina Panthers, going against C.J. Stroud, the number two pick for the Houston Texans. But let's look at the backfield for Houston, because Damian Pierce has been frustrating this year. Would you play him here, and would you consider Devin Singletary a sleeper? Yes to both of those things. Uh, it, It is tough to get... Damien, I, I understand it's it's tough to be like, hey, I want to start Damien Pierce with confidence uh, after what he's given us so far this year. But this is all about the matchup. The Panthers, they've allowed the third most rushing yards, most rushing touchdowns. Uh, they allow 5.3 yards per carry, which is the second most in the league. Uh, they're in the top three in fantasy points per game allowed to the position. And they really struggle on outside runs. And Damien Pierce is more than double anyone else. But the last time we saw the Texans play, they split snaps and it was actually Devin Singletary getting the outside carries. So I think he's more of a deeper league kind of guy, but I do think he's a deep sleeper this week. I do love Damian Pierce this week, and maybe it's me wish casting as somebody who really went hard on him in drafts uh, this season. But I think this is a chance for him to sort of get right this week. And as you mentioned, Devin Singletary was starting to creep up and eat into his opportunities. So he does have some sleeper vibes this week because the Panther run defense has been awful, just awful all year long. So uh, if there's ever a chance for Damian Pierce to get healthy or Devin Singletary to take a step forward, this is the week for it to happen. Rams at the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. Uh, Daryl Henderson was sitting on his couch watching games like you and I. Last week, he was leading the Rams in carries. Uh, That was against a Steeler run defense that is currently ranked 23rd in the NFL. This week, 
He gets the Dallas Cowboys, who are ranked uh, significantly higher. So would you trust Daryl Henderson this week against the Cowboys? The matchup is really tough, and originally I was going to say no, but I mean, when you look at the workload that he got, 18 carries, he was the Rams running back that was used in the passing game, he got the work near the goal line, he basically was kind of used like Kyron Williams was, and this was his first game off the couch, so I think we could see even more work going his way. Uh, I think you can trust him. In fact, in one league, I have to decide between him, Zach Moss, or Jalen Warren, and as of right now, I'm like, I'm going to start Daryl Henderson of that bunch. I think you can trust Henderson if you are in a deeper league or a really competitive league. I think you can. I think in shallower leagues, you might have better opportunities somewhere just because there are no teams on a buy. So you're barring a bunch of injuries on your roster. You should have your full complement of players there. So I think if you're talking about a 10 team league, you can probably get away from Daryl Henderson. But I think uh, 12 team leagues, he's in play. Certainly anything deeper than that, Daryl Henderson is in play because Sean McVay has shown us he would like to just lean on one running back if possible. I think part of the reason we saw so much Royce Freeman last week was because Henderson was not quite in game shape yet. But uh, having a game under his belt, he might get more opportunity this week, even if the matchup's not great on paper. Vikings at the Packers. <laughs> Minnesota uh, coming off that big win on Monday night against the San Francisco 49ers. The Packers stumbled and fell and lost and couldn't move the ball against a bad Broncos defense. And uh, a couple of the chief culprits are guys that we were really leaning on in fantasy. Christian Watson, who really is struggling to get healthy. Aaron Jones, sort of the same thing. Both those guys played poorly. Will we expect one or both or neither of those guys to bounce back this week? I want to say I expect them to bounce back, and I think there might be too much upside to get them out of your lineup unless you're in maybe a shallower league, but I can't say with much confidence right now because Aaron Jones keeps coming back from injury and they keep just using A.J. Dillon over him. I don't know if Jones is fully healthy or not. I know Watson practiced today, uh, so hopefully we'll, we're going to get him in our lineup. But like the Vikings have been stingy against the run outside of CMC. Their secondary can be exploited, but... I, I don't know. I think you probably have to start Christian Watson, but you don't have to love it. I think if there's one of the two that I, I can believe in, it's Aaron Jones, just because I think it's easier for them to manufacture touches for him. They're not getting the ball to Christian Watson with Jordan Love the same way they were with Aaron Rodgers and with Romeo Dobbs playing well, with Jaden Reed being available there. I think it's a lot harder to just force feed Watson the football, but I think you can do that with Jones. And I think at some point, because Jordan Love is struggling to get the ball downfield, maybe you kind of get some short throws to Aaron Jones, get him out in space, let him work. I don't know that he's even had 10 carries in a game this year. I think that has to change for the Packers to be successful. So I think if either of the two bounce back, I think it's probably going to be Aaron Jones. Saints at the Colts, which is a Super Bowl rematch uh, from uh, a number of years ago. Do you start Josh Downs, who has been red hot? And uh, accordingly, do you start Zach Moss, who is now behind Jonathan Taylor? I think Josh Downs has to be started right now. Like, I'm looking at his game log. Obviously, the huge game last week, 23 and a half fantasy points. But 
He is top 13 in three straight in four of his last five. And ironically, it's all four games where Gardner Minshew had to play. So they clearly uh, have some chemistry there. I think he is someone that you need to start. Moss, on the other hand, is someone that I think you could potentially get away from this week with there being no buys. Uh, the Saints have been really, really tough against the run. Jonathan Taylor looked like Jonathan Taylor again last week. So I'm a little bit worried. I don't think Moss goes away or anything, but could we start to see Taylor take over more and more of that backfield? share. Uh, so again, it depends on your options, but Moss is definitely not someone that you must start this week. You got to start Josh Downs. I mean, the guy's been so good over the last few weeks. I don't know how you get away from him. And that passing game is getting more and more narrowly funneled between Pittman and Downs. Right now, about 48% of the targets go into those two guys. Uh, more than 50% of the air yards go into those two guys. Downs has been great with yards after the catch as well. It's hard, even in what looks like a tough matchup, to get away from him. Zach Moss, sort of like what I mentioned with Daryl Henderson. If you're in a deep league or a competitive league, maybe you think about flexing him. But with Jonathan Taylor getting more opportunity, uh, I think it's a little bit easier to sort of pivot away from Zach Moss this week against that Saints defense. We are just getting started. We have plenty more games to get through on the Sunday slate, including a big one in the AFC East. We'll get to Patriots, Dolphins, and more coming up after this on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Patriots at Dolphins. Uh, the Patriots uh, starting to play better. They got a, a big surprise win against the Bills last week. Meanwhile, the Dolphins trying to bounce back after a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. 
we know which Dolphins we're starting, which is you know pretty much all of them. Um, <laughs> which Patriots do you feel comfortable starting against Miami? Pretty much none of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I would start Ramondre Stevenson, and I think that is it. I, I know you talked about, or are going to talk about it on Fantasy Live, yep. about how he's getting the ball more in the passing game. And I, I think that alone pushes him into be a safe RB2. I would love it if they would start giving him some more goal line carries instead of, you know, him getting banged up and coming out of the game and then Zeke scoring all those touchdowns. But besides Stevenson, I, I maybe Kendrick Bourne in a catch-up mode game, but I, I don't know. I don't When no team's on bye, I don't feel great about that. Yeah, I was going to say, Kendrick Bourne may be another one because he's starting to get more more opportunities. Um, you know, I know that people who really watch the Patriots a lot closer than I have have said, you know, Kendrick Bourne seems like a great option when Juju smith shoots isn't there, but I'm starting to think that Kendrick's playing better than Juju. Maybe he just starts to see more targets generally understanding the ceiling is a little bit lower for him than say your average uh, wide receiver two. He's probably more of a wide receiver three, um, but they're starting to get him to him consistently and they're starting to feature him and Ramondre in the passing game. So Ramondre for sure, maybe Kendrick Bourne if you're looking for a flex option. It's the battle of Jersey. The New York Jets against the New York Giants uh, playing in New Jersey. Um, which duo would you like more this week? Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller or Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson? Knowing that you can't you can't split them. If you take one, you got to take the other one. I'm going to go with the Jersey Jets over the Jersey Giants in Ooh. this one. Uh, I, look, if you ask me to rank them, it's like Hall, then the two Giants, then Garrett Wilson. But I think Brees Hall just goes off this week. Uh, the Giants... Really struggle against the run there in the top two in yards allowed on the ground to running backs. Uh, and Brees Hall, since they've taken this snap count off of him, has just been electric. Uh, my bold prediction is that he sets a career high in yards, which would be a hundred over 197. So I, I expect big things for him. But don't worry about like Darren Waller. The Jets really struggle against tight ends. They allow the most fantasy points and touchdowns. Saquon and Wilson, the matchup aren't as great for them, but... I, I mean, you're starting Saquon, and I imagine in a lot of spots, probably Wilson as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, uh, with, with Saquon and, and Darren Waller in this one. Um, look, I, I think that all four of those guys could have really good games this week, but I think the Giants have realized they have to get their playmakers involved. They are doing what the Atlanta Falcons are not. They're getting the ball to the guys <laughs> that can actually help them win football games. And we saw Darren Waller finally score a touchdown last week. And I've been on record saying, like, I would love to just see Tyrod Taylor be the starting quarterback for the Giants the rest of the year. I know it's not going to happen, but a guy can dream, can't he? Um, as of right now, as of as, as us recording this show, Daniel Jones says he feels better, his neck feels better, but he still has not been cleared for contact. So we're not sure what his status will be for Sunday. Um, but Tyrod's just getting the ball out to the guys who can actually move the rock for them. So uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Barkley and Waller um, and what should be. I don't know if it'll be a good game, but it'll be a competitive game. My group chat has been talking about this game, and I don't care as the Bills fan <laughs> and the only non-Jet or Giant fan in the chat, but they are just going at it already, New Yorkers. Meanwhile, you're just sitting back there sipping your tea, enjoying life uh, on a perch, looking down at both those two teams. It, it, the perch isn't as high above them as mm. I was hoping it would be, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jaguars at the Steelers, and the eternal question, at least for the last several weeks, has been, what do we do with Calvin Ridley? I'm giving him one more shot where I have him, which is in quite a few leagues and understand that. Yeah, they're like 12 team leagues with three wide receivers and flex spots. So if, maybe if you're in like a two wide receiver league, you could get away from Calvin Ridley. 
But the thing is, the Steelers run man coverage, the fourth highest rate in the NFL, and they haven't faced it a whole bunch this year, the Jags, but when they have... Calvin Ridley has actually led them in receiving yards. Christian Kirk struggles against man coverage a bit. So, and the Steelers just allow a lot of production through the air as well. I'm willing to give Calvin Ridley one more shot. If he disappoints against the Steelers this week, then then I think he just hits the bench and maybe even some waiver wires. Right. I, so I'll say this. If you want to know how things are going for Calvin Ridley, I have him in my sleepers column. And that's not, not what you expected from a guy that no. you spent, you know, relatively high draft capital on that we were thinking was going to do big things. I mean, he was drafted as like a top 15 or 16 wide receiver. We were hoping that the ceiling was somewhere in the top 10. And now I'm like, he's a sleeper this week because maybe he can have a good game against the Steelers. Um, so I think you give him another shot this week. I think you put him in as a flex because that's kind of all he can be for you. The target share has actually been decent, even if they're not coming in great times. Like last week against the Saints, no targets really in the first half. They targeted him a bunch in the second half, although they're trying to force a few. So maybe they kind of sprinkle some in across the four quarters and get him some easier targets. Uh, but I do think you give him at least one more shot this week. Falcons at the Titans. The Falcons won last week, despite being sloppy. Uh, Desmond Ritter lost three fumbles. Um, the Titans, though, a pass funnel. So maybe this means good things for Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Uh, so do we start any Falcons this week? And do we start any Titans besides Derrick Henry? I think the issue with the Falcons guys is that you are handcuffed to them. Like Drake London has been playing really well. You're obviously starting him. Bijan Robinson has been great when he's on the field. We have to hope that he doesn't have a headache or a stomach ache or I don't know, a foot ache, whatever this week. So hopefully Arthur Smith starts getting him Someone involved. else on Twitter called it arthritis. <laughs> I, I'm going to steal that from now on. Uh, and, and then Kyle Pitts, I know he's coming off of a down game, but he made a really impressive catch in that game. He's been playing better uh, football as of late, putting up better fantasy numbers. So I, I think you just are forced to deal with the Falcons if you have them on your fantasy team. As for the Titans, I'm starting Derrick Henry in what potentially could be his final game as a Tennessee Titan if they were to trade him. Uh, I'm sitting D-Hop. I'm sitting Will Levis. I'm I'm sitting all the other Ch- Chigakonko, everyone that is not named Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Peter Overzet who came up with the arthritis. Credit where credit <laughs> is due because that was amazing. Um, yeah, you're, you are kind of stuck with with your your Falcons. And I do think that we're going to see more Bijan this week. I have no idea what happened last week, but I can't imagine that, you know, it it went over very well in the locker room. I can't imagine it went over very well in the front office. I think you're going to see more Bijan. And we do keep playing Drake London. We keep playing Kyle Pitts because the matchups are good. And we hope at some point they realize they got to get these guys the ball. Look, I'm tired of coming on here and berating Arthur Smith every week. Like, I just want him to do the right thing and get the ball to the guys that they spent high draft picks on. It just doesn't seem that hard, but apparently it is. Uh, on the other side, if if Ryan Tannehill had been playing and if you had teams on a bye, I could have maybe squinted real hard and given you a reason to start Chiga Conquo, but none of those factors are in play. So it's, it's Derrick Henry or bust for the Tennessee Titans. And even that... Um, the Falcons have given up one rushing touchdown, one, O-N-E, one. Uh, that is the fewest in the NFL. That does not bode well for Derrick Henry this week. This is just my plea real quick to trade Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins, Tennessee Titans. These these guys are, you know, they're, they're towards the end of their career. They deserve to go out better than playing meaningless football. Absolutely, they do. Um, Eagles at the Commanders. While we have been praising A.J. Brown for being amazing for the last month plus, uh, Devonta Smith 
Really not so much, although he showed up at the stadium dressed like the penguin, but all in green. Uh, it's a pretty slick pinstripe suit, but it also looked like a Batman villain. Uh, does Devonta Smith get back on track? Does skinny Batman get back on track this week? I hope so. I, I think what he needs to do is he needs to be like, hey, get me the ball. Because after the first two weeks, I mean, this guy, he scored a touchdown in both of those first two games. He had 131 yards in week two. Then A.J. Brown was like, we need to get me the ball more. And he's gone over 120 in a record-setting five straight games. Devonta Smith in that five-game sp- span has under double-digit fantasy points in all but one game. So it's been rough. And the one game that he did top it, though, was against the Washington Commanders. He had seven catches for 78 yards, gave you just under 15 fantasy points. The thing with Smith is I know the floor has been not anywhere close to what we've expected. The ceiling is far too high to get away from him. It takes one play for him to have a big fantasy game. So I think kind of like with the Falcons, guys, you're just stuck starting Devonta Smith. Five games with fewer than 50 receiving yards for Devonta Smith. Hasn't had a touchdown since week two, but the talent is so good. Uh, the offense is so good that it is hard to get away from him because, you know, you feel like if you leave him on your bench, that's when the 25 point game is coming and you're going to be kicking yourself. So I do think that this week against a commander's defense that has been bad. Uh, you probably saw the video of Jonathan Allen dropping F-bombs on uh, not on local reporters, but to local reporters, just his frustration with how things are going. Uh, he wasn't mad at the reporters. I think he was just mad at his team. Uh, but either way, the commander's defense. See, here's the thing about it. It's bad. Uh, so I think that's enough reason to believe that Devonta Smith can get going again. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. Back tomorrow to preview the rest of the Week 8 matchups. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.